Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello. Hello, Phil. Hello, JB. Hello, Tim. Uh, we are so excited. It's our favourite time of the year. It's Six Nations time. This is probably the best time of the year because you've got Super Bowl, you've got basketball playing, you've got Premiership football, you've got no more LV Cup for a long time, and you've got Six Nations. <laughs> Hold on. Premiership football, you're excited by that? I, I watch Premiership football, yeah. Do you? Premier yeah, League football. Premier League football. EPL. There you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I watch a bit of it. Uh, yeah, so Six Nations, it gets called the, the best annual sporting tournament do you start do you agree with that yeah i'd say so i mean i can't think of anything better like in, in rugby in, in, no, no, in, in possibly possibly in anything I, I did i read the other day that it's the best attended the highest average attendance for an annual sports tournament i mean i think well. the two That's a great it, fact off the bat and the two which run it close for me aren't even annual so it'd be the ashes and it'd be maybe Ryder cup they're what every two years and every like eighteen months only. Uh, well, it's, yeah, the, the cricket is cricket's a weird one. Yeah, it's every because of the opposite summers. Yeah, it's like three and a half years or one and a half years. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, we're, we're very excited <laughs> about it's the rugby that's to come, and this podcast is going to be good. So let's get hands in pod on three. One, two, three. Pod. And thank you very much for listening to this, the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Uh, we are just three mates. Uh, I'm Tim, JB. Hello, Tim. And Phil. Hello, Tim. Who love the game of rugby, and we're delighted to be here talking with you. Uh, and leave your thoughts and comments on Twitter, at Rugby Podcast. If you're watching on Facebook Live, then in the comments, and just generally tell your mates all about it. We're on Acast, we're on iTunes, and anywhere else you can find a podcast RSS feed. So uh, there's a review that's been left uh, and I urge you just to take a moment of your time if you enjoy the podcast to leave a review. It, it does help and it's a uh, good feedback as well. So a five-star review left by Suggy Bear. What do you think of this one then? Uh, Suggy Bear says, When I first discovered podcasts, I used to listen to Philosophy Bites and lots of <laughs> and lots of Melvin Bragg. <laughs> trying to kid myself, I was an intellectual and still interested in self-improvement. Since I discovered the Egg Chasers podcast, I've resigned myself to spending my whole time in what management gurus would call Quadrant 4, low urgency and low importance activity. The dark playground. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, gents, for the entertainment. It's a complete pleasure and a complete waste of time. 
<laughs> from from Bob in Switzerland. Bob, thank you very much for listening. Very much appreciate it. Thanks. Leave, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, kind of a backhanded compliment. <laughs> kind of. Sometimes yeah. you need uh, some downtime, don't you? Yeah, I yeah. guess. As so. a high functioning individual, JB, you'll appreciate that more than anyone. I, I never have downtime. I'm uh, always on the go. Always. <laughs> you You're always on the go. You're the busiest man that I know. What what time this? Actually, let's play a game. It's called Tim guesses what time um, Phil goes to the gym. What time does Phil go to the gym, Tim? I would have thought he's a... Actually, do you know what? I'm going to call Phil a 9pm gym monkey. Someone, when all the rush has gone, so he can get to his barbells and they're not being used. The squat racks aren't being used by people doing shoulder shrugs. And oh. selfies. Yeah. <laughs> I do shoulder shrugs in the squat You don't go at 5am or anything like that, anything stupid like that, do you? What's the earliest you've been this week? Earliest, well, 6am would be the earliest oh. when it opens. Oh. It, it just depends on my. <laughs> You're there opens. waiting, aren't you? <laughs> waiting for him to come and unlock it. <laughs> like if it's well, some no. sort of like rock gig or something. <laughs> I only go at 6am. Rushing, <laughs> rushing to the barbell, to the uh, squat rack. I only occasionally go at 6am when my diary doesn't allow me to do go you, in the evening. Do you find yourself forming bonds with other people that show up at 6am? A very rare breed of, breed of <laughs> no, person. You know the way no. like, the SAS get very close because they're <laughs> a certain unique I am the personality. Gr- 6am I am the grumpiest man alive I just skulk around the gym with a face on me so no one comes anywhere near me yeah uh, I've not done that this week <laughs> not this week <laughs> right so this week uh, on this podcast we are going to be discussing Six Nations it's your Six Nations preview podcast we love the tournament uh, it's set to be an absolute belter Joe Schmidt said it's the most competitive in his tenure as Ireland boss would you stand by that it's going to be the, t- the toughest I, I, I think it's most competitive I can remember ever. Yeah, I, I would go for that because mainly because of Italy. Um, Italy stepping the game up it, in the autumn internationals and under Conor O'Shea and uh, Brendan Venter, they're probably going to look like a pretty positive team. Wales, you wouldn't put it past them to turn it around. Scotland are, are, are an advancing force. Yeah. England and Ireland, we know, and France maybe are getting back to playing like France. A little bit. We'll see. So the last few years, everyone has kind of used the old stereotype for France's, well, on the day they can beat anyone, <laughs> which has categorically not been true for the past few years. No, no, it's true by definition, is it not? <laughs> on the, when, well, yeah, when they win, they win. But on the day. But not against anyone. <laughs> yeah. They've been hammered by all the good teams. But this year, I think they're going to start just trending in the right direction. I think so. So the three of us have taken two teams each and we're going to try and briefly appraise each of the six Six Nations teams. As a result, one of the teams I'm looking at, Wales, <laughs> means I'm wearing in the Rugby Dungeon... Uh, I didn't even know I owned that. An old Reebok Welsh national jersey. It is horrible. Is this it a training looks, shirt? It must be a training shirt. It I think horrible. It looks awful. That is like pre-2000, I reckon. Pre- yeah, that is that is the kit they had prior to being sponsored by Rockport, and I refuse to buy a Welsh kit when it's sponsored by Rockport. Yeah. <laughs> uh, JB has got uh, the cockerel on his chest. I most certainly have. This is probably my favourite ever rugby shirt that that I bought. I've used it that many times, training and also leisure wear. And Phil <laughs> is wearing a a World Cup 2015 England jersey, which you can't see. It's the the World Cup 2015 is hidden. By my mic yeah. from Facebook well, that, that, Live. Well, that tournament never never happened. Didn't exist. Didn't, doesn't happen. Yeah. Right. So, where do you want to start then? Where, where shall we start? Uh, how about we start? Well, should we go round like that? Kind okay. Go on, anti-clockwise. Pick pick one of your teams, Phil. And and the way you've kind of looked at this, we can we can briefly talk about each team. But you came up with a little format for us to work to, Phil. So yeah, just to try and pick 
a potential hero, potential villain, and a potential bolter for the the sides that we're going to look at. So I'll go for Italy first. Okay. So I mentioned there Italy beat South Africa, which was the first time they've ever beaten them in the history. Um, I was in Dublin watching that game in a, in a pub. Brilliant atmosphere in the pub. Everyone was cheering on Italy. It was a heroic performance. And there's a huge amount of positives you can take from that. They're developing a lot of players, some young players. Um, they've got some of the kind of experienced leaders and their coaching team that I mentioned before. O'Shea and Ven- Venter are the potential heroes in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, very good, very good. If they can guide... If they can get the organisation from the forward pack and a little bit of spark from the back from people like Campagnaro, then they could be a very exciting team. Um, it is worth mentioning that the week after they beat South Africa in that historic win, they lost to Tonga. Mm. So there's still the ups and downs and still the good and the bad. So my heroes are Conor O'Shea and Brendan Venter. My potential villain, I've got a big question mark over Parise. Yes, well said. He has been carrying that team for 12 years plus. He could never be a villain for Italy, though, could he? Yes, well, I think so. So, do you remember last year when, I can't remember which game it was, was it the France game in the first in the first round of the Six Nations, where they had an opportunity to uh, draw level or win the game, and Parise takes a, a pot shot drop goal, and you oh, just... Yeah. It, I, how much longer he, he, he can he takes that much responsibility that you think yeah. I've, I've got to do this as well? Well, I think I'm right in saying this. You might need to check it. In fact, no, check it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like when your things start yeah. like that. J- J- JB with a potential fact-free statement coming up. I am sure alternative fact. Yes, statement. Alternative yeah. I'm sure he's been suspended by Stade Francais this year for bad, basically bad attitude. Well, do you know what? The one thing I will say is if Sergio Parise has a bad attitude or turns into a villain. That is the only way he could become more attractive to women if he's a slight <laughs> bad boy as well. Yeah, uh, I think you're right, Phil. I think that um, he he could be the undoing, really. I'm not going to say definitely, but it's a potential. And I don't want to pick... It is hard to pick villains, but I can just see Parise just... He's getting on. Mm-hmm. He's got a huge, huge number of miles in those legs more so than virtually any other player because he played every single game he possibly can for Italy for 80 minutes and then goes through the meat grinder of the top 14. Exactly right. Um, I mean, historically, he always plays the week before the Six Nations and in the rest weekends. Hero. Um, He is an absolute hero. I just wonder if this is the the start of the decline. The the start, beginning of the end. Uh, Here's another statement without much uh, in the way of details in it. Um, (laughs) Do you know that review that we've had about someone saying that they... They were trying to waste time with our podcast, effectively, right? Yeah. Well, here is me wasting time. I went through every captaincy photo of the Six Nations to see how far back it'd take me before Parise wasn't on, on a oh. photograph. Who was the, do you remember who the previous captain was? I only remembered it by... Bortolami. Bortolami. Oh, that was yeah. like 2010, I think. Yeah, nine. Uh, interestingly, uh, well, uh, another point worth mentioning about the promotional pictures is uh, the... <laughs> 
the the footwear that was being worn in some of those promotional shots uh, for for the Six Nations launch egregious outrageous yeah. behaviour from the captains and from the sponsors and everyone involved really Th- need to have a, lo- a long hard look mm. in the mirror wearing trainers with full kit is not acceptable there was one picture where they were on the edge of a pitch they weren't actually stood on the grass but they were on the edge of the pitch centimetres from the grass wearing trainers and I just cannot understand why they didn't put their boots on and step one yard forward and be on the grass. Yeah, I kind of see it as uh, do those preventative measures they use for sex offenders. So, <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. So, like sex offenders, you know, if they are, you know, if they get too, you know, excited, could go out and perform more horrible sex acts, right? So, what they've done here, the Six Nations, is to calm us all down. Oh, okay. They've taken the boots away and put trainers on them. <laughs> so we don't get, only, we don't get overexcited. Yeah, so we don't you know, lose our minds. <laughs> Who was your bolter? I missed that as well for Italy. Potential bolter. So the bolter, yeah. uh, I've gone for Carlo Canna, the fly half. He's 24 years old. Uh, he's got 15 caps to his name. But from the Autumn Internationals, it was clear that O'Shea does see him as his starting 10. Interesting. And he's, he's the kind of player who he needs to be on the top of his game. If he gets his pack in the right parts of the field and if he takes the points on offer he'll keep Italy in the game so one to watch there we go Italy uh, we'll get to where we think how we think the teams will fare overall um, I'll, I'll go next with one of my teams and uh, wearing this horrible Reebok <laughs> Welsh jersey I'll do, best, I'll do Wales and I think you could almost have one potential hero villain and bolter in Rob Howley himself oh interesting <laughs> if, if he gets his team to start firing then he will deserve the credit because he's been getting a lot of the criticism through the autumn. I, I fear that the outcome might be that he gets more stick off the back of some poor Welsh performances uh, and then, again, the bolter, because people's expectations of him are quite low, he could potentially surprise everyone. Su- surprise everyone. Yeah. But in terms of the playing staff, I went with uh, the potential hero for Wales. If they're going to do well, I think Scott Williams is, is absolutely pivotal. They've got They've got really good outside backs... They've got a perfectly functional, good international, wily, experienced pack, and they've got decent halfbacks as well. But that link between the two in rugby for 2016 has been where it's sort of fallen down. The fluency, the second distributor, another pair of eyes. Uh, so I think Scott Williams is, has got a huge role to play if Wales are going to do well. Do you, do you think he'll yeah. start then? I'll pass Scott that Williams question. St- I, I, I would. I'd no be amazed if he doesn't. So who's dropped then? JD two or uh, Roberts? Roberts. I think Roberts. I think Roberts goes. I yeah. don't think he's done anything in the Premiership which warrants him starting. Other than just persistently getting three yards per carry. <laughs> Persistent <laughs> and consistent. Yeah. Three yards. Uh, the villain. <laughs> it's hard to look past Alex Cuthbert. Will he start on the wing? No, he won't start on the wing. Will he? It'll be North at Williams. And yeah. Halfpenny. If everyone's fit, I I would say yeah. it'll be that. Yeah, maybe would end the Gatlin because he's tall. But um, yeah, well, I'm going to go. I'm going to go for. Excuse me, I'm going to go for Lee Halfpenny because uh, he's suspect at some of the basic skills like Mm -hmm. catching and passing. Yep, and he also forces Wales's best attacking player onto the wing rather than fullback where he could have a more impactful role so not always because recently I think Halfpenny has been moved onto the wing has he have I made yeah. that up it can't, sometimes it's, yeah. well, it's either or isn't it I don't know which I'm way sure I have seen it the other way around yeah mm. but also Halfpenny his kicking of late for Toulon mm. is not great no. when they to lost fair, to they were playing, playing movie scores as he tried to kick the ball <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't that straightforward but when, when they played I think it was Scarlet's um he missed something like 
four out of eight kicks. Did he? He missed a, yeah, he missed a huge number of kicks. Mm-hmm. And he was running about 50% success rate at one point this season, which is not halfpenny-like at all. Not good enough. And as for a bolter, I, I really struggled with this one because I don't think they're going to pick anyone... I don't think they're going to make any surprising selections, but maybe an injury or two into the tournament or they're not playing well and they change it up. I wonder, I, I, I'd i love to see Thomas Young have a pop thought, and translate his premiership form into, into an international jersey. No, uh, Lydia's not in the squad, is he? No. no. And Warburton, is the, there's question marks over his fitness? No, uh, or is he he's okay? Fit. He's just not captain. Yeah, it'll be right. It'll okay, be t- so it'll be tips and on, warbs on form. You would it probably will be tips, warbs, and Mori- uh, and Falatau, but it could be Moriarty instead of Warburton even. Yeah, or Moriarty on the bench because he covers yeah. the the six. Yeah, I think Mor- six, Moriarty eight. might be the breakout guy. I know he's had a couple of caps now, but he's to yeah, me, he seems true. like he that's he true. could make that next step. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so yeah, I've got. I could just see Wales defying their autumn form again, and and, and don't, they start with they start against Italy, right? They do. It's a really They've, good good one to get the wagon rolling, isn't it? Yeah, they warm up at least, but then they're straight into it. They host home. England and yeah. then travel to Scotland, which yeah. will be no easy game at all. Right. Uh, JB, your your first team. Yeah, well, this this is re- this was surprisingly difficult actually. So, first of all, try googling the French squad and getting <laughs> some kind of in a, get it in some sort of format that makes sense. So, I started with the Six Nations um, website. The Six Nations website inexplicably lists their lists their appearances for the national team, but only the appearances for the national team since two thousand and ten in the Six Nations. <laughs> so, I thought actually that the uh, the highest cap Frenchman had fourteen caps. <laughs> I was like, this is this is absurd. And all the all and I all the meantime, uh, I was distracted by clickbait. Like, what do you think the net worth of Johnny Wilkinson is like? And all, all the rest of it. But I did find YouTube, so I've got all the best parts of all the players. You get some very rugby focused <laughs> clickbait. Some of the some of the some of the stuff yeah. I get at the bottom of articles is a lot well, very different. Uh, so yeah, I've got lots of plus points for a lot of players, but not very many minus points because they're hard to find. So. I would say the hero is someone who played very well in the autumn. And with France reverting back to their very French style of play, I think this guy is about as French as you possibly get. Baptiste Serin at nine. Do you think he'll start? I think he will, you know. I've just, wow. got, just got an inkling. He's, they he's do a good player. They like him. They, uh, they do. Morgan Parra's not even in the squad. Yeah. Uh, Machinode so. will be yes. right up there. Machinode is incredible. Yeah. But... The feeling I get from this French team is it's a bit of a new broom and because they're reverting back to the French style of play, if they are, I mean, that's what we're led to believe. This guy seems very French. He's, he's he does. almost stringy in stature. He loves the behind-the-back pass. Uh, we saw that against <laughs> New Zealand. Uh, New yeah. Zealand. But actually, there's about five minutes worth of highlights of him doing this. Uh, and he just doesn't look like a professional rugby player. Which leads me to believe he must be very good to be playing at that level. Yeah, and I think he might even have some sort of leadership role at um, oh, what's his Bordeaux. Player? Bordeaux. So that would be my breakout player. Um, now, sorry, not breakout player. That would be my hero. Wow. Now the breakout players are really difficult because you've got four lads in this squad without a single cap. So you've got a fullback from Montpellier called Jeffrey Palace. Yeah, he's twenty-five. You've got sorry, all- that's. Palace or Palace I'm, or... I'm not the guy for reading or presentation. <laughs> You're going to have to find someone else for that. Um, Arthur Itera? The, the, the Lock. The, the Lock, who's 22 from Claremont. 
Fabian Fabian San Sanconi. Now this guy is interesting. Twenty-one plays at Breathe, number eight or wing, which means <laughs> what? Yeah, number eight or wing, which means it's like under fifteen yeah. French team. Well, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, uh, my reading of that is he's probably too talented to be any good. So, but watch out for him because he's obviously going to be quite some specimen. He's got the old PSB syndrome. Exactly. Yeah. And the last one is Mohamed Brogahami or something. Who knows? The prop. But, La yes. Rochelle prop. La Rochelle prop. But when you look him up, he's always in a Toulon jersey. Ah, okay. So I'm not sure if Toulon own him and I've lent him out to La Rochelle or what the crack is there. Well, that's blown up in their face anyway, hasn't it? With uh, yes. La Rochelle top of the top 14. Mm. and Well, Claremont are playing currently, aren't they? But Yeah. Uh, so La Rochelle second. For the time being... They were top after their win against Toulon. Toulon, yeah. Yes. So it's really difficult with France to pick someone who would be a breakout star because potentially it's going to be one of these four who have never had a cap. And also it could be, um, oh, what's his face, who hasn't had a cap for eight years? Oh, Jan, Jan David. Da- Jan David's back. So that that would be nice if you can have a breakout star who's had like six years between caps. So watch I his- hope we see a loose team offloading and all that stuff yeah all I, those old school lines that they used to cut and well one player goes through and four men are there in support now interestingly the villain i mean it couldn't go i mean there could be so many it could be <laughs> uh teddy Thomas. uh there could be a rebellion led by uh, uh hold on i'm just gonna just get to the bottom of this is teddy Thomas just what eddie butler says or is that is that Great. actually his name as well or is he teddy thomas Great uh, question. And Eddie Butler calls him Teddy Thomas. Good question. I, I think it might actually know. I mean, Teddy Thomas is not in a squad, so we don't need to worry about him. But um, you know, it could be a team revolution, like they had not so long ago, led by T- uh, Thierry Dussoutois. Or, or it could be this man, and it couldn't go any other way. The big man's back. Matthew Bastereau. Bastereau is back. <laughs> uh, now, now Bastereau's only back thanks to Fafana's injury. Yeah, so right you've lost your, you know, you've lost your centerpiece, the jewel in the crown, the yeah. darling of the team. And Bastereau rocks up. There couldn't be a more different centre. <laughs> uh, and it just feels like this is the guy to throw a game. Just to be clear, because the the the, the French number eight slash wing, he was reported like that is Bastero down as prop slash centre <laughs> <laughs> um, no he's not no, he's sadly not. Okay. Um, yeah I can I can really see him doing something I can see him having a marvellous Bastero style game one week against England I can see him running all over England and I can see him throwing it away at someone like Wales yeah interesting so, so you, I can't believe you didn't pick Uge as your villain Uge's not in the squad He's in the squad I'm looking at. Oh, uh, is that the twenty? Is that the November 2016 squad, mate? Uh, no, it's the 2017 Six Nations well, Championship squad. I can't believe squad. you question Phil's <laughs> on, on 18th of January 2017, Noves called up a 32-man squad in preparation of the 2017 Six Nations Championship. If the White House wanted a press secretary to be accurate with facts, <laughs> was clearly the man they should have come to. Yeah, maybe. Don't never question Hang it. On. Is that on Wikipedia? Yeah. I was on Wikipedia. The only one they had is November 2016. This has been recently updated. When? In the last couple of days. Because I che- no hours. <laughs> last couple I of ca- hours. Maybe last couple of hours. <laughs> uh, so uh, it won't take you. You're not a genius for working out that there's Scotland, there's England, and there's Ireland left. Mm-hmm. Uh, which one have you got, Philip? I've got Ireland with my strong Ulster connections. Obviously. Oh yeah, really strong. <laughs> From the county of Berry. <laughs> Lagan's a good strong Irish name 
Um, is it is it Irish it, by descent? Your it name, is. The yeah, family yeah. Name? Well, yeah. Oh, oh, that'll do. Shrinky. Yes, that, exactly. That, that'd be enough to get an Irish cap if you were good enough. I'm sure. Uh, I'm about a sixth or seventh generation, so yeah. maybe not. Um, anyway, right, heroes. So there's a few obvious choices. Um, the likes of Sexton, the likes of um, CJ Stander, Connor Murray, yeah. yeah. But I've gone a slightly different tack, and I'm thinking, well, basically for Connor Murray and Sexton and CJ Stander and those boys to play the game that they want to play, you're going to have to have a rock-solid set piece. Mm-hmm. So the cornerstone of the island pack, which will be Ty Furlong and his uh, replacement, which will most likely Sorry, be... Taj Furlong, don't you mean? I, I don't know how you say his name. <laughs> <laughs> it's Ty. Ty Furlong. Ah, okay. Uh, and probably Finley Bealham, uh, who could well be on the bench uh, supporting him. I think if those two can give him good, solid set piece and some go You're forward... You're like Richard Cockrell back in the day. My, my, yeah. my most important player is my tight end prop. <laughs> my second most important player is my backup tight end prop. There is a little bit of that old uh, old Leicester thinking behind this. I think if you can get good, solid, consistent set-piece ball for Conor Murray, for Sexton to get you in the right parts of the field, um, and then you can use people like CJ Stander, like the back three, like the centres that they've got, um, it'll be incredibly important. Um, the villains... I'm almost tempted to go down the same line as I mentioned with Parise because there's three or four players who have been outstanding for the last couple of years I really need to emphasise that in Rob Carney, Trimble, Heaslip, Rory Best who I thought were possibly starting to wane a couple of years ago Mm. but the way that they've been playing and the best that Schmidt has got out of them has been sensational but I just wonder how much longer they can continue yeah all four of those there are probably going to start being questioned marks I'm not, over. I also, I'm not even sure those four guys are still the best in their position. I think Cronin's probably better than best. I think Stander could really push his lip. Yeah. And yeah. there's no lack of sixes and sevens to and plug in either side. And there's pressure on the on the back three as well. Mm. On pre- Certainly pressure on Trimble. Um, And as a bolter... I've not picked one person because I'm not sure who's going to fill this spot. But the perennial issue for Ireland was always the replacement for Brian O'Driscoll at 13. Okay. And they found Jared Payne. Mm. But Jared Payne is injured, potentially out for the whole tournament. Um, which leaves one spot for potentially one of four players, all of whom are 25 or under, and with very few caps between them. Um Probably the most obvious choice would be Ring Rose, Gary Ring Rose. To he, slot, he looks the real deal, doesn't he? To slot straight in at 13. But there'd be a question mark. So Jared Payne is not the most exciting going forward, but defensively, positionally, is outstanding. Um, and Ring Rose is a little bit the opposite of that. Um, he is good defensively, but not to the same extent as Payne. Um, you've also got Luke Marshall, who could slot in there. A lot, who I like a lot. Yeah, they'll be picking Ring Rose surely to start. Well, this is the question because so Ring Rose or Luke Marsh will be a direct thirteen for thirteen. The other option would be to push Henshaw out one uh, and go for either McCloskey 
who gives Ooh. who gives the physicality Hello. and the de- the defence yet, or Rory Scannell, who's playing well, playing very well, and he gives something different as well. He gives a second ball player. His distribution and his kicking are are good, uh, but he's also he's physical and he's strong and he can carry the ball hard. So mm. there is a yeah. I would expect Ringrose is probably the most likely, but when do the, we get when do we get the selections? It'll be Thursday. Yeah, Thursday probably. Uh, here's a potential potential bolter. Uh, I'd say bolter. I don't think he'll get a game, but anyway, I'll give it a go. Um, what about Andrew Conway? He's in the yeah, squad. Yeah, he is in the squad. Now he might not be the fastest, fastest or best or biggest winger, but if there's something in the air, you can guarantee Andrew Conway is underneath it, which is hell. You know, hell, um, hell of a hell of a thing to do if you've got the box kicking ability of. Conor Murray. Conor Murray, yeah. All the pinpoint accurate kicking of, of Sexton. Exactly. Yeah. I th- I think he will be putting pressure on um, Trimble. The other interesting ones would be, I mean, Keith Earls is playing well. Mm-hmm. Um, Tommy Bowes back in the squad. And Gilroy um, is back fit and playing. So there's multiple options there for that wing slot. Interesting. Uh, t- Tim, yeah. before we transition on to yours, do you think it's a good time to maybe... Tease England followed by Scotland with, I don't know, St. Cornerstone or something <laughs> Romanery. <laughs> well, you just mentioned uh, the cornerstone of Ireland's pack and, oh, and yeah. the most important uh, person in your mind, Phil, for Six Nations glory. So it, it seems absolutely important to, to emphasise the cornerstone of this podcast, which is our friends at Cornerstone, the finest razor that you can buy. And that is not us. That is not an alternative fact. That is a fact. They won the GQ Awards, beat Wilkinson Sword, beat Gillette. If you use one of those, or even a, a supermarket-owned brand or whatever, you are using an inferior product, and that is a fact. And what's more, you're spending more than you need to on it as well. Get yourself a Cornerstone razor, the best in the market, for as little as four quid. You could have yourself a beautiful presentation box arrive at your house with a free engraved aluminium shaft, have your initials on it, uh, so the missus well actually all that means is the missus knows that she's nicking it when, exactly because she's not going to not nick it uh, but uh, and you get your six razors four quid on your first order because you get a saving of with us and your free engraved shaft go and do it cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers or egg 10 at checkouts now uh, shall we should we do, do, do the other two and then tell everyone about Romania yes oh, yes, yes let's, let's do, that. do that so I, I've, I've got England then um, and my hero for England, it would be really obvious to to just go. Oh, Maru Itoji, he's you know he's probably going to be in the back row. I, I I'm really fascinated to see that uh, him in a six shirt. Will it work? I think Warren Gatland will be delighted because I think that's what he needs Maru to do is offer him that. Uh, because the second Alan Wynn Jones will be delighted. Never mind oh, Warren. Absolutely. <laughs> but I actually I've just I, this might even seem more obvious, but but Owen Farrell as as the hero. It's a Lions year. I think, in all but name, Owen Farrell comes across as the captain of that team, and I and I wonder if he'll actually be the next captain, not not Maruitoji. He's he's just got granite like will or iron will actually would be the better the better uh, chemical mineral to. to, to <laughs> he's, he's got iron will, and he's kind of got that sense of cometh the hour, cometh the man, and it's a Lions year, and I think he's gonna. He's just going to drag that England team, uh, and with with kicks, just with leadership on the field. So Owen Farrell, the hero, and obviously in the Six Nations, 
historically low scoring games yeah. um difficult wintry con- conditions and kicking is mm. very very important he's just got i think he'll be the the lions starting 10 which i think he'll start that process in the six nations uh, the villain i've gone for james haskell uh, one because he he might decide to go again he's going back to the millennium stadium the site <laughs> of his running into the post protector um farce so he might well run into post protectors again rather than dot the ball down for a try but i think more more than that i if i was picking the team if i was in eddie jones's shoes i'd be starting tom wood not because i love tom wood as a player i've been i've thought his time had gone but he proved himself in the autumn as is really competent and James Haskell hasn't played agreed yeah he's played 40 minutes in the last 6 months so I worry with what what Eddie Jones has showed that kind of uh, willingness to to persist with players with his captain Dylan Hartley I'm wondering if he'll do the same with James Haskell I wouldn't but he may and if he does then I think stepping straight into Six Nations (laughs) Uh, intensity is a tough ask you could be in a situation where three out of your starting pack have not played in months yeah. in, in Hartley, um, Marla and Haskell, which is a big risk to go into. I don't think they'll take that risk, though. I don't think they'll have all three. Well, oh, actually, that's the, so that, that's what you're going to go on. I think they will start with Marla and I think they will start with Hartley. Yeah. And so do you do you then also play Haskell? And that, that's the, that's the real question. How far the loose heads can you go? I mean, so Marlon's just going to be coming back. Yeah, and um, then Merlin's out, isn't he? Four in the squad. So is Merlin out? I didn't. He got injured for Wasps. Did I don't he? know how serious it was. Oh, did he? Well, they had four in the squad: um, yeah. Mullen, Cat, Marla, and Genge. Genge. Oh, Genge and Cat, I think, will be Gen- ahead of them. Genge on the bench, I would probably go with. But yeah, uh, well, another potential hero for England could be the Fijian witch doctor that Joe Marla clearly went and got his broken <laughs> oh, <laughs> leg sorted out with. Careful now! Last time we got reprimanded from Dean Ryan, um, Ben Ryan. Ben ben Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a witch doctor. Uh, it's a hairline <laughs> fracture, All right, and it Jesus. wasn't six days; it was six weeks. Uh, okay, we just bit of a joke, Ben. <laughs> so I'm so I'm potentially going for villain being Haskell. And interesting, I'm looking at some of the comments on Facebook Live, and I'm. Potentially inclined to to go along with, was it Simon Kelly? Uh, I've just lost the comment now. Saying that it's um, wonders whether it's going to be possible for England to repeat the Grand Slam with the injuries they have. I I think they won't go the tournament unbeaten. Um, I'm not saying they won't win the tournament necessarily, but I think they they won't go unbeaten. It's going to be a tough ask with the players it, that they've got yeah. out. It is a diff- more difficult set of fixtures to last year because they have to yeah. go to Wales and go obviously go to Ireland yeah. in the, the final game. So Haskell, uh, potential villain. Potential bolter, I've gone for Alex Lazowski. I think he's guaranteed a bench spot. Eddie Jones said he's, he views him as a full-back and a fly-half. Mm, that's interesting. And so I think that's going to mean he will get his spot on the bench because so, I think he will cover that position for them as well. Yeah, may, you, you've got to have... Elliot Daly as well, though. But you, so you've got to have, in my mind, you've got to have kind of fly half cover on the bench. Yeah. Um, although, do you really? Because you've got Farrell there. and Ford. But if you do, it's either Lazowski who covers 15 and 10, or it's Slade who covers 10, 12, mm. 13. Because um, previously you could have had Good on the bench, but obviously yeah. he's not in the squad. 
So it's tough to... Actually, do you know what? I'm going to change my bolter. So I think it's going to be tough for anyone outside of the regular players to get much game time. Yeah. I think it'll be a really tried and tested side that Eddie Jones goes for. So I'll go with Ellis Genge because with the weakness at loose head prop and with his potential to be sublime and just incredible, I wonder if the bigger stage he'll he'll step up to a bigger performance. I'll go with with our mate Genji. Genji. Do you you think, question, do you think... um... Watson being injured out for a month with a hamstring injury. Do you think that changes things much? Uh, I think actually that just makes the that just means there's no selection dilemma, because I think he will he he, he can now go. Oh well, that's made the decision for me. Then it's it, not it's Noel May and Brown. Yeah, it doesn't bother me. This uh, I think you know, the way Noel's been playing has been incredible, quite frankly. And Watson has not really played that much. He, yeah. he came back for Bath. Yeah, it wasn't too great. No, it's not a big deal. I don't the, think. Do you think Eddie Jones will take the opportunity because of that injury to see any more of Elliot Daly on the wing? Yeah, yes. potentially. Yeah, I, I, I'd like. To. Again, it's what, in- what this is. What I love about England now is the way we always used to talk about Australia and New Zealand, and we go, "Isn't it amazing that Ben Smith can slot in on the wing, uh, go to fullback? You've got players that can slot in at the centre and play yeah. on the wing, and England have now got players with the ball skills." to be able to do that and it makes such a massive difference yeah Ireland do as well in, in fairness in some cases uh, but it's it feels a really 2017 type of squad when you have guys that you can go oh no worries we're down a couple of centres that's fine we can shift about and there's no difference in, in performance level yeah also with kicking options I mean you've got Lazowski on there yeah, you've got Daly you've got Farrell you've got Ford that's a nightmare that's a nightmare for yeah. anyone so, hmm. Shall I do Scotland? Oh, have you finished? Yeah, I've finished, yep. yeah. I'll do Scotland then. Um, Scotland a bit of a weird one, really, because the question mark I have is, although they're basically one team with a couple of token guys in from Edinburgh, <laughs> um, is it weird for them going from one coaching setup, who they know is going to be their future coach at Scotland, to a guy who's on his way out? And do these two systems inst- instantly mesh? Be quite in, it'd be quite 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 interesting to know. I, I always think coaches lose something from the players when they know they're leaving. Yeah, I think it must be so difficult to actually coach a team, and because when you're coaching, you're expecting longevity and you're expecting players to kind of put in a performance to demonstrate their capabilities going forward, and that you lose that in this scenario. So yeah, I am a bit concerned about that. Um, so. My potential um, star, well, there's two, and they're both they're both in the second row. I think uh, Johnny Gray, rather than his brother, and I think the other guy will be Swinson. I think he's been playing brilliantly uh, for Glasgow. Uh, he's he's on form. I think those two will start, and I think, you think Swinson will start. I think he will. Yeah. You think he'll start and be the stand one of Scotland's standout player? Yeah, I really, I, I really do. He works hard, he carries hard, and he compliments Johnny Gray so well. I think when you've got if you sorry, if you hadn't have watched the game that he played really well I've in watched, last last I've week, watched, I've you? watched three on the bounce and he's been exceptional. <laughs> yeah, he so whereas you know you've got Gray doing all these soft tackles and he makes a lot of tackles, soft but, tackles. Oh no, they are. I I, I mean. <laughs> If you watch him play, you need to qualify what you mean by that because it sounds like a derogatory term. Yeah, yeah. these soft tackles. When I say soft tackles, he doesn't or not, it, not a dominant tackle. Yes, exactly. Yeah. He doesn't miss any, but they're all they're not you know big. Mar- uh, he Mar- plays Mar- the percentages fall over me, and I'll make sure you get to death. Exactly right. <laughs> yeah. uh, so between those two, I mean, I think that 
Dwayne might just rack up some unbelievable amount of tackles, meaning that you can't do anything else. But get, did, but did he miss his first tackle in absolutely ages against Leicester? Because there's always there's been th- these things going round about how many how many tackles Johnny Gray has made without missing any, and I think he missed he missed one against Leicester. Probably against Ellis Ellis yeah, they, He was yeah. just about the only man who beat any defenders. Uh, it's kind of see the problem here is if they do as Scotland usually does, which is like kind of brave losers. It'll definitely be Johnny Gray because he'll he'll uh, he'll have worked really really hard and that will be that, and everyone will respect him for it. If they do as well as I suspect, they'll they'll do. I might throw a third name in, which would be Finn Russell because there's no way you can't give him the benefit of the doubts if they play really exciting stuff because he's the guy that's going to con- c- c- control everything. Absolutely. Now, let's be a bit more negative about Scotland for a second and say. What if they are terrible? What if they really regress in this last Six Nations of the of of, of What then? Well, it's easy, isn't it? It's all Laidlaw's fault. <laughs> I guarantee. If they do well, it'll all be on one of those two lads from Glasgow. If they do badly, it's hundred percent on Laidlaw. Hundred percent because he's focused on France and he, yeah, his head's not in the game and, and he's taking the kicking duties away and you know he's only there because he he's kicks. only there because he kicks. yeah yeah block yada yeah. yada 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 yeah. so. He will be the scapegoat. Yeah, he has got potential potential villain written all over him, hasn't he? Now, as for Bolters... Um, well, do you want me to say one for the Martin, yeah, Martin for Bell it. on our Facebook feed has just said, not sure if he qualifies as a Bolter after being capped last autumn, but Hugh Jones, he thinks, will start for Scotland in this tournament. I was going to talk about Hugh, um, uh, Hugh Jones, certainly. They've got an embarrassment of riches at outside centre. Yeah. Because <clears throat> him, Bennett, who's excellent, and Matt, Matt Scott, Scott is in back. brilliant form as well. He's one of the top try scorers in the Premiership. Mm. He's def- I, th- I think his defence is suspect, so I don't think Matt Scott. Start. Yeah. yeah. Um, Hamish Watson. Now, I know he's got a handful of caps already, I think. Yeah. But being from Edinburgh, he probably isn't going to be looked at um, as as a starter, you know, in that uh, in amongst all those other Glasgow players. I think he has got tremendous ability, and I think if he gets enough game time, we'll see him on a bigger stage, and he'll and he'll be a key guy. I'm imagining like a, a sort of auditorium lecture theatre type setup for a team meeting, and there's all the Glasgow boys all tight in one block, and then just <laughs> yeah, like yeah. three Edinburgh guys sat on the other side on their own. Then you've got half a dozen guys who are all playing England yeah, as yeah, well. You're all on their own. Uh, and the other one is the hooker whose name escapes me. Plays for Glasgow. Oh, uh, f- um, f- not uh, Fraser Brown. Fraser, Fraser Brown. Brown. Now, anyone who's watched this guy recently will know he oh, is a yeah. crack, cracker of a player. And and, I, what's, and what's his name's not very good. Uh, Ross Ford. Ford. Ross Ford. Yes, he's not very good. No, he he, really he's isn't. better than he used to be. Yeah, he's <laughs> but, in great shape. He, he looks great. He looks he does great. Look. He does look incredible. It's like if you were picking a a team. And you were you'd never coached rugby before, and you had to pick a British and Irish Lions team. You just like got all the players together in a match. You go, Ross Ford, you are in. You're captain. Uh, you're my main man. Yeah, Rory Best. You look like you should be down a pit or something. <laughs> <laughs> Not playing international sport, no, professional sport. Um, Fraser Brown. Okay, there is a problem at hooker in general, which is Rory Best isn't that good. Okay, I don't, I don't care what you say. He, he isn't that good. He's very good. Mm, he's he? not Dane, Co's, uh, Dane Cole's Augustine Creevy. Yeah, that is true. He's nowhere near look, those two. Look, uh, Rory Best's career is kind of a little bit like: Will he ever be good enough to start for Ireland? And when he when he has started for Ireland, it's always been a case of: Well, he can't be playing for that much longer, can he? So <laughs> he's always been c- kind of caught in that space. I think Dylan Hartley 
is got has got so much competition with um what's his face who's just Jamie George uh, Jamie, Jamie George. George and Wales are Wales right so this could be the Six Nations where Fraser Brown puts his hand up to be the be the Lions starter and I quite like wow. that call I love that as a Lions bolter call at this point yeah. I love it before the Six Nations I love it so love two it. Lions bolters from Scotland uh, Tim Swinson. Tim Swinson. <laughs> <laughs> that was not Tim, happening. Uh, three. So we've got Tim Swinson. Yeah, in I've the most competitive Fraser position. Fraser Brown, I think, is a great shout. Yeah. And Miles Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> now, the, the one Scotland one I thought you were going to pick as your bolter was Xander. Xander Fagerson. Yeah, yeah, that could, that's absolutely a possibility. WP Nell, I, th- I think he's injured for most of the tournament, if not all of the tournament. So the tight head prop, the cornerstone of the pack, is going to be... Xander Fagerson mm. and he's been 21 21 unreal but has been playing remarkably well for Glasgow Warriors you only like him because you saw him play like, playoffs week and the week before that <laughs> I've watched him three games in a row I've watched him three games in a row he looks good <laughs> uh, yeah so that's your Six Nations wrap up uh, I just want to jump to some of the other Facebook comments thank you very much for giving them uh, and your thoughts on, on what we're talking about but also thanks to Neil J Collins who says how come JB and Phil get to sit in business class and poor Tim's in economy? <laughs> uh, so just to point out, if you're if you're listening, there's two Barker uh, like Barker lounges, like Joey and Chandler yeah. in Friends. <laughs> Phil's just reclining on his. Do you want to recline on yours, JB? Oh, it's so comfortable. <laughs> no, I don't actually. But it's nice that I've got the option. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm on a I'm on a I'm on a swivel office chair. In fairness, I think Neil, part of it is. Uh, I'm quite often not present and on the line, <laughs> so I've sort of got myself to blame. Well, the yeah. idea was, I'll tell you, you know, I'll tell you why exactly. The idea was, when we were at XFM, Tim would do everything. So Tim would um, do the hosting, he would do the running order, you would do the editing, you would press all the buttons for sound. Thankfully, you're not allowed to press the button for the uh, Breakback break back Mountain music anymore. <laughs> so, you know, oh, that. you think I overused that a bit, did you? Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> The reason it's like that is because I suspected that Tim would have to do a lot of swivelling to use lots lots of screens. And, that, and that's the that's only reason. As it all, I would say that I take that as a, as a total reflection of my... Importance. Kind of ma- my management style in yeah. that I'm not, I'm not a megalomaniac kind of in my management style. I'm very much uh, kind of I want to empower the people around me and make them better. And as a result, I do very little of the technical yeah. stuff anymore. It's all, it's all <laughs> JB. So, and, and Phil does all the fact finding stuff. I'm just kind of. I'm pretty strong on facts myself, actually, Tim. <laughs> oh, yeah. sure, sure. Haven't you at least three times said, "Don't quote me on this." I'm pretty sure it's not a fact. <laughs> what, so can look, someone check it after I've said it? When please? you've got this this much knowledge, you do need people to check facts. You do. Uh, Post fact. Why podcasting. don't before we move on to anything, someone tell somebody about Romania? Right. Yes. Right. So we've got the Six Nations tournament about to start. We're so excited about that. Uh, but what is also going on is a tier two competition, the European European Rugby Nations Cup. European Rugby Nations Cup, which is involving sides like Russia, like Germany, like Romania, like Georgia, and various others, in a tournament that's running concurrently alongside the Six Nations, and will conclude on the same final weekend in mid March that the Six Nations will conclude in. And on that weekend, we couldn't get tickets for. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ireland v. England, they're like gold dust. Mm-hmm. And even if we could, the cost of the flights are exorbitant. The cost of hotels in Dublin are skyrocket and the demand is up and the cost of the tickets themselves are massive and that's not even chucking on food and drink. So we decided we're going to go and... Was someone's phone everyone all right? Yep, fine. That's fine. Yep. Uh, we decided we are going to get behind the culmination and what we think will be a title-deciding match between two of Tier 2's rising nations in Europe, Romania and Georgia, who play in Bucharest on the 18th of March... So we are doing a live podcast, we are having Egg Chasers on tour, and we are inviting everyone to come on over. And the reason you should is because it will be a proper crack. We're going to watch Six Nations Rugby while we're out there. We're going to do a live podcast, which is free for you to come along, have a few drinks, and then we're all going to pile over, pile on to Romania v Georgia. And to put it in perspective, uh, you can get flights from as little as £40 re- it's return. It's ridiculous. £40 <laughs> return to Bucharest. We believe... That you can get VIP tickets with free drink and food at the match for twenty one pounds. Yes, yeah, we've and, had that confirmed. Uh, and, uh, including, and a, and, uh, yeah, including the beer tent, which opens two, two hours before the two VIP hours before tent. And two I can't hours wait. After. I, yeah, twenty one pounds. Twenty one pounds for VIP tent. Two hours before, two hours after, free booze, and we'll be coming straight from a live podcast, uh, which we want you to come and be part of. Uh, over 40 people are already going to live podcast. Which is amazing. <laughs> so, out there. so come and join in because we'll have a proper good time, a really good weekend of it. And like I say, accommodation's dead cheap as well. So just tre- it's a no-brainer. Treat yourself. Details, uh, go to our Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast Facebook page. All the details that you need are there. But, yeah. get, but get in touch with us through Twitter or any other means and, um, and we can I have help you out as we can. In the process of organising this live show in Romania... I have uncovered a gem of a story, but I can't tell any of you it before we've done the live show because it would jeopardise the whole thing. But as soon as it is over, I have got one of the best stories I've heard in a long, long time. Oh, what? I'm trying to think how it could jeopardise the trip. Trust me, it does. So, yeah, there we go. I just looked up the climate for Romania in in March. Mid-March. Because when we went out to New York in mid-March last year... It was 26 degrees the day we landed. 26 degrees centigrade, not, not Fahrenheit. Um, so the record high in March in Romania is 32.8 degrees is that centi- centigrade. That is very hot. Oh, there you go. Uh, the record low is minus 31 degrees <laughs> centigrade. Oh. So there's quite a big bandwidth there we've got to play with. So we don't know if it's going to be shorts and t-shirt or uh, Arctic winter thermal gear. Well, we do. Either know, way, we do know one place it will definitely be hot. Will be in the in the hot thermal 
baths yes which are world renowned yeah. and we 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 will be sleeping off friday nights antics <laughs> uh, in, on saturday in the in the thermal baths in bucharest before uh, the in preparation for the six nations yeah, yeah. It, but just you know if you want to come on come on this thing go on to our facebook page and book yourself on the event yeah and then we can chat we, you can chat back, back and forth if you need any help we, we know people at world rugby and at, at the romanian national rugby uh, union so we if there's any trouble with tickets or whatnot we'll we'll have you back but um yeah just get in touch all oh, right where do we go philip anglo welsh cup uh, <laughs> that, right g- genuinely i'm not i'm not being cuz i'm interested in all rugby but i just want to bearing in mind we've got six nations coming up does anyone really do, do rugby fans really care that much i'm going to say no yeah and then i'm going to say yes and this is why you care, not because of the results. The results and the competitions are completely irrelevant. But it's very interesting to watch the Anglo-Welsh. I only really appreciated that this this week whilst, whilst I had to watch it, because nothing else was on. And the, the reason I say that is because you get to see behind the scenes a little bit of, of these teams. So if you were to interview Saracens or you in, interview Newcastle, you get the same thing, which is, oh, we're going to take each game as it comes, and they'd always put up their strongest team, and they'd always try and win. Anglo-Welsh isn't like that. So you've got a couple of things. You've got basically the teams that think they're doing really, really well and they back their academy. So the the Bath game is fascinating because they had a front five are all under, I think, 24. Yeah. So I, that tells you all you need to know against Gloucester, who were somewhat, somewhat older. Uh, and then you've got teams like Sale. So Sale put out basically their strongest 15 to play a bunch of kids. And it yeah. kind of gives you an idea of how desperate they must be to get that next win. Did you see Dimes comment afterwards? No. Where he said uh, he said something on the lines of, anyone watching that game would think we have a knock-on coach specifically helping us with our knock-ons because we turned up <laughs> oh. turned over so much ball. So he was really frustrated that his almost first-choice team had only put 40 points on a bunch well, of kids. I saw this score and I found it <coughs> hilarious. Um, you know, because it's Cardiff. And uh, I went to look up how all the tries were scored. I thought you know, I was watching free free flowing rugby. It was four push over tries, I think, or was at least it? three. <laughs> yeah, it's like it was well, the... Lawrence Pierce got a couple, didn't he? Yeah, um, it's a bit of a training ground match. Uh, yeah, in that sense. Uh, do you know what? I, I this is where yeah you can infer things from the teams that are selected, but I, I, there's no surprise there. Teams which are struggling with form want to generate some form. Teams which have loads of internationals and and are doing quite well aren't re- aren't really fussed put all the youngsters out and teams like Leicester who are kind of in the middle and Northampton who are in the middle yeah. have a blend of young and old it's like it's very like, Northampton Leicester match was very interesting yeah because they both kind of needed it even though there's so much to risk and lose too so they've got all these stars out and they do have a lot of stars including um, Tom Croft making his Lions come back <laughs> uh, yet if you win who cares? And yeah. you could potentially lose Owen Williams for the entire season. I, I think we've already spoke well, I th- more uh, than more enough than we about, need to about the Anglo-Welsh. It, yeah. it, it is interesting if you're a real big club man and you want to see some of the yeah. academy guys it's coming six through. Six Nations but, Week. But we are a rugby podcast. It's I mean, Six Nations we are. Week. We kind of are into rugby. Yeah, we it's are. Six Nations Week. So I have deliberately not watched any of the Anglo-Welsh or, e- or any of the top 14 games this weekend to kind of, you know when you're going for like a really big meal uh, mm. on an evening. <laughs> yeah, kind of like... <laughs> A palate cleanser and a bit of a 
so I with, deliberately withdrawing myself from rugby for a week so that I'll appreciate it even more next weekend so you, when that first game kicks off. See, you're, you're acting like you're getting ready for a, a gourmet meal. I think I was acting more like a crack addict. As <laughs> um, clawing, clawing at the TV. So jumping back to Six Nations, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask us to rank one to six on, on a few different scales. Okay. Fir- firstly, final position. The obvious one. Final position. Who do we think is going to be bottom first off? Italy? Italy. Italy, Italy. sixth. Mm-hmm. Fifth. Wales. I think losing for Fana is massive for France. I'm going to say France. I'm going to say Scotland. Mm. Fourth. France. Wales. France. Third. Scotland. Scotland. Wales. Oof. Second. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. But I do know who's going to be first. <laughs> That's a joke, I don't. <laughs> we got it. Um, uh, England. England, yeah. It's so hard. This is yeah. why it's such a good tournament. And no, I'm, I'm even doubting the selections that I've just made for the rest of the table yeah it really is apart from Italy being last which yeah. I'm fairly confident in uh, I couldn't tell you no roll, roll dice. Scotland I could see finishing fifth but I could also f- see finish third or even second I, Scotland host Ireland in the first game yeah you're right and I can I think Ireland are favourites going into it but I can see Scotland winning that game and that throws all of the predictions yeah, on the head the yeah um, can we just talk very briefly about? No, no. Finish it- this. Finish this. About pick, Italy. Pick, pick you one. Do you, we all go for Ireland to win? Then I'm going to say Ireland second, England first. Yeah. I'm going to cross my fingers as well. Okay. I would be crossing my fingers. I, yeah. It's, it's a toss of a coin, but we'll see. Uh, go on, Jay. I was just going to say something about um, Ireland. Sorry, Italy. They've got Brendan Venter in, yeah. Yeah. Um. So is. This is bizarre to me. Uh, it's bizarre on two levels because Brendan Venter is the guy you bring in above your board and above your shareholders and above everyone else. Yeah. He doesn't do coaching anymore. He just does... Consultant. Yeah, super sweeping. senior. Yeah. You've got a whole management structure and then you bring in Brendan Venter on top. So he's actually doing real-life coaching with boots on. It looks like it, yeah. He's it, working under Conor O'Shea. Yeah, I think he just swoops in on short-term contracts. Just swoops in, does a few months, swoops back out again. So he's also what, what an awesome job, by the way. If you, yeah, like there, there are guys that that visit um, the building that that I've buildings that I've worked in, in in radio. That their job is they go and they spend a week in a station in LA, fly in, do a week there, swoop out, and then the next month I'll do another week's work, and they go to Toronto. Why don't and then do, they come into London? Why don't you then, do that instead, Tim? One day, you never know. One day, um, yeah. So he's also in charge of London Irish, right? Or is he not? Uh, again, consultant. Cons- yeah, and he's also going to be in charge of South Africa. Consultant. Now, so is this that, is that, well. So I think this has now been clarified. So I think there was an announcement. So he, he was definitely working with Italy in the autumn internationals. Yeah, and the hope was that Conor O'Shea was going to get him longer term, up to the the next World Cup, but. South Africa were also trying to get him um, as part of their coaching setup to assist Kurtzia. Who's going to stay? 
who is yeah. going to stay. Yeah. Wow. Right, let's come. But that's a decision but, been made by someone in government in South Africa or the sports minister, not, let's not, get not, into not yeah. by the South African Rugby Union. But anyway. But I th- so as far as I can tell, it has now been clarified that he won't be doing any further work with South Africa, but will be working with Italy, presumably kind of sharing that role with the London Irish role. Can I just... Good can I just, God. Yeah, I know. Can I just play this? Brendan, how disappointed are you? <laughs> oh, disappointed. Very disappointed. Very disappointed. What went wrong? Because you got off to such a wonderful start. Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder what went wrong. I have to think about it. Think about it. Well, what did go wrong? I have to look, look and think about it. Think about it deeply. Very deeply. <laughs> did it hinge in the end on a bit of genius from Sorelli Bombo? Bit of genius. Bit of magic. Sorelli Bombo. Very interesting. Very good, yeah. Very good. Three cheers for Sorelli Bombo. Very good. Very good. <laughs> what were you happy with about your side? Oh, happy. Happy everything, everything, very good, very happy with my team. But you didn't win, did you, Brendan? Yeah, win, we didn't win, it's true, yeah. Why didn't, didn't you win? win? Oh, good question, that, very good question, <laughs> win. It's, it's important to win, it is important to win. We must try harder, absolutely, yeah. So you think it's a lack of effort? Oh, lack of effort, lack of effort. Can't think it's a lack of effort. Wouldn't so, never so, 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 so what is it, Brendan? Uh, what would it be? Let me think. Uh, I can't, I'm not sure. I'll have to think about that one. <laughs> think about it deeply. Okay, thank you, Brendan. Thank you very much. <laughs> now, I've got a lot. I've got a lot of respect for Brent, for Brendan Venter, but if these organisations basically just want a, want a dickhead to show up for a couple of weeks, I can do that. I can do it very effectively. I lo- I think the players would have loved that after that game. Yeah. Do you? Re- no way. I think they would. I'd, I'd be embarrassed by, by that. No, oh, I'd I think love, they'd love that. Oh, no, that's like that. The way that, like uh, Mourinho's whole coaching philosophy is like that. I'll take the flak. And I'll... He sounds like a child. I, I, I like I like <laughs> that because he, he's. I think he, he I think can... what he wants to say is have a massive go at the referee, isn't it? But he's just biting his tongue and not putting that blame. on I the referee. don't know. I don't think that's his finest start. I think I think if you asked him, he would he wouldn't be particularly happy with that interview. <laughs> I like it. Um, I've n- I've never faced. I've never I was, interviewed. Someone I was going to say that kind of uh, in that that state. You, well, you've you've interviewed some high profile directors in pretty tricky situations, like Richard Cockrell the week before. Richard Cockrell the day af- before. Richard Cockrell straight after the Glasgow thumping. No, Richard yeah. Cockrell after the Munster thumping. Yeah. Uh, now there's a guy. To be fair to him. Steve, uh, Steve Diamond after Sale had lost their tenth match in a row, Ooh. ninth match in a row. Think, think, think about Cockrell and how he handled everything for the last few months. Oh, like a gent. That is Absolute kind of gent. where I'm going with yeah. the Brendan Benson yeah, thing. Yeah, which yeah is, maybe you're right. You know. Anyway, um, he is without doubt a very high level operator. I'm right. just saying, if you want that, I can ne- do it. Next one to six, rank the stash, the team shirts, team jerseys. Bottom Wales. No, Wales, no doubt, it's horrible. The the yes. what was it? Um, Captain something out of Futurama. Oh yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. <laughs> uh, Zap Brannigan. Zap Brannigan out of Futurama. <laughs> Horrendous. Very good. <laughs> is it easy to pick a best? Because like we're getting going to get into the mid mid level. Is it, is it? Do you have a favourite at the top? England. England's, really? England's very good. Oh, actually, I've seen England. I've seen the New England kit, and maybe not. Is it the one with a slightly weird collar? I, I do like the... the yeah, thing. maybe... The one you're wearing is excellent. Maybe not England, maybe not Ireland. But that was never worn in competition, because that, 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 that World Cup yeah. 25th... World it never happened, did it? It never yeah. happened in the end, so... France have gone a bit crazy. I'll go yeah. give number one to Italy. Italy is very good, the, the classic Adidas. It is, it is. Uh, I actually do like that new French kit. Now I know the weird one with all the details. The, and the, the, the it, fine, yeah, the yeah. fine 
red stripe things on it. Not for me, thank you. The the colour is a bit dark, and the red stripes are a bit interesting, a bit futuristic, but I do like that. There's something about the Tricolori uh, Adidas stripes. Yeah, but it's, it's unnecessarily like. complicating something which could be classic. Like, again, we go back to it, and we say it so many times, the 80s, the 90s, the, the royal blue with the three white stripes all the way down the arm, or the the plain white with the three white stri- uh, blue stripes all the way down the arm. It's oh no, are we talk about oh no France. France, yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah. Just go with the classic. Yeah, the classic. Exactly I can right. see that, but it, I do like the kit. In- England and Ireland are very classic, very good. Uh very good, very good. Scotland's everything but the manufacturer. I, I quite like. About I like it. Scotland. I like yeah, Scotland it's got better. It's so we go, better. We, go, we go. Are we going England and Italy one two? Scot- yes, Scotland three. I'd put France ahead of Scotland. Would you? Uh, they're interchangeable for me. I don't really like either of them. Wales miles on their own. Worst. Yes, horrendous. Yes. All right. So we got. We got. Did we mention that? No, it was the Os- it was the Osprey's kit that goes well with, well well with the uh, fake tan and the sleeve tattoo and the tattoos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Wales at the bottom, uh, England, Italy at the top, and the middle, or everyone else middling. No, I'd say Ireland fifth. I don't like Ireland's kit. It's the collar. It's a bit. I don't like it. Mm. It's a bit. Yeah, I'm a bit, I know what I'm you mean. Big, big fan of Canterbury's work, but I think they. I just don't like the collar. The collar. Ruins it for me. Anyway. Um, yeah. Okay. We do some just in kit and, and, and positioning. What, do you want to do another ranking? What, what else you got? No, that's fine. Uh, all right, then ground. Ground. He's got a bit of home ground. I, I, I'm going to suggest that... That's interesting. Mur- Mur- Murrayfield at the bottom because of the athletics track. No, I'm not going to say that. Have you, have you, what's it like on a, on a big match? It's great, actually. It is good on a big it's match. It's great. It's a bit of a walk out of town. It's, a bit, it's quite a unique experience. It's not like... I mean, I've been to, haven't been to France to see France. I've been to the stadium and I hated it. Oh yeah, it's a horrible part of town. Yeah, it's vile actually. Yeah, it's um, a horrible part. And of there's town. nothing going on there. Actually, France bottom. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, France not, bottom. Not been to Italy either, so I can't really speak about that one. In Rome, it's got to be that, good. That in Rome. seems everyone talks so highly about that. Really charming yeah. feel about it. Mm. Uh, so we'll go France bottom. Then, is is Viva any good? Uh, so I was there. Yeah. For yeah. New Zealand. New Zealand uh, it was a bit of walk from the centre of town but it was walkable walkable and it's very steep like the Millennium Stadium yeah and that, that creates it's a, a modern, really good atmosphere yeah it's a modern stadium uh, yeah I, I enjoyed it and it was relatively easy to get a pint and that kind of stuff it's so no, as, no complaints but oh but, they didn't have this was terrible end of November freezing cold uh, we had a couple of pints in the first half and then went to get another pint and we wanted a Bovril and they, the guy looked at me like I was asking, uh, t- take me to Mars, uh, send me the direction to get to uh, Mars. Uh, there's some strange food choices in Ireland again. <laughs> I, I went to get a packet of crisps from a pub in Dublin just outside the Aviva Stadium and they have their Tato crisps and uh, salt and vinegar is red. What? Was it, or is it cheese and onions red? I know, and oh. something like... Uh, Play, oh, I can't remember what was it. Plain is yellow or something. Anyway, the colours of the crisps are all com- <laughs> the, uh, the colours of the packet. Isn't this? I thought it's this a complete mess. I thought this it's is, anarchy. I thought this is the standard. Uh, this, I thought crisp flavours were decided by committee at the UN. I thought well, it's an international exactly. treaty. But Walkers do the opposite to everyone else, don't well, no, they? It's like Golden Wonder and Walkers. Completely. Yeah. Like Golden Wonder do green for 
cheese and onion. Mm. Yeah. And Walkers do blue for cheese and onion and yeah. salt and vice versa. Uh, I'm just going to mention Bovril one last time before we talk about some more rugby. Do you remember making Bovril for the Saracens coaching staff? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, in the tunnel at sale. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's local knowledge. We know where the uh, we know where the secret tea room is in. Oh no! In the AJ Bell Stadium. The, the, oh, the, the Mevo's off. Oh, we'll leave it. We've got the hits. Ah, on. well, we've got yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Facebook, screw, screw them. Facebook lives down, but uh, so th- this is only on podcast only. The rest of this pod. Uh, the rest of this pod. So, so favorite ground then. The setting of Twickenham is incredible. Yeah. You can, like the the you, on a nice day, a couple of beers on the river in Richmond. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Twickenham. Stroll to the ground with everyone wearing their tweed and it is stunning, and mustard actually. chinos, and it's a very impressive stadium as well. Um, it's kind of the right balance of Richmond being Green steep, is absolutely incredible. However, atmosphere, Millennium Stadium wins. Yeah, yeah, can't disagree with that. And you are right in the centre as well. Yeah, Chip Alley does get a little bit hectic for my liking. In my advancing it ages... Pretty, it does get pretty hectic. Ages, in my advancing age. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just a little bit too too hectic. So, yeah, there you go. Oh, well, we haven't really picked a one to six. We just talked about them all. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. Uh, right, uh, where, where, where do you want to go now? I, I do have a little game that's... Ooh, shall we do that? Steve... And then we can wrap up with the fixtures. Yeah. Steve Parrott, our friend from Exeter Chiefs, has got in touch and mm. created a game. So this would be a, a plea, yeah, just... Do my work for me and <laughs> make a game for the podcast and get your moment, get your five minutes. Why so, are people able to make games for you but not check my facts? <laughs> no, they do check your facts. There you go. They, they do correct you. So uh, what Steve Parrott has done is he has got a game called Character in PG Woodhouse Novel or England International. So what is a PG Woodhouse novel? Uh, it's kind of like old-timey, old, old-school old English, kind of Victorian-y... Um, you know, uh, uh, where you get like a chimney chimney sweeps, right? And, uh, okay, so are we G- expect... G's and Worcester and yeah. So are we to expect lots of things like um, Major Bollington Hungerford or something? It, you, exactly, you're okay. on the money. You, you got it. You got it. So I'm I'm going to give you a name, and you have to work out whether it's an England international or a character from a PG Woodhouse novel. Okay. The first one, Harold Stinker Pinker. Is Harold Stinker Pinker? <laughs> An England international or a that has to be from a novel. I yeah, I, as soon as I, hit the nail, I refuse not... to believe there has ever been a man with the last name Stinker Pinker. <laughs> uh, you're correct. It, it was he, the character is a curate in Market Snodsbury uh, called Harold Harold Stinker Pinker. This is ridiculous already. Yeah. We're plumbing new depths. Uh, <laughs> next one, Monkey Hornsby. Oh, that's a player. That is a player. Player? Yeah, exactly. Monkey, Monkey Hornsby. Uh, I'll go the opposite. I'll go say Monkey PG, Hornsby PG Woodhouse. probably had a uh, cognac before the game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Monkey Hornsby is not only an England rugby international. Yes! He was in cricket e- as well. He was an England cricket international oh, as yeah, well. That makes sense. That all stacks up. Right, next one. Charles Plumpton Wilson. That's that's a player. Give me PG Woodhouse. JB is streaking ahead with three one now. Oh. Charles Plumpton Wilson. Someone doesn't know the history. England international. <laughs> Next one. Nipper pinching. Player. Nipper pinching is a is not a player. No. Player. Phil's pulled one back. Three yes. two. Uh, Nipper pinching. England international. 
uh, in the 19th century. The, the uh, next one I have is George Webster Bocco Fittleworth. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that man never existed. <laughs> Do you want to pick first, Phil? Uh, <laughs> give him his last name again. Webster Bocco. George Webster Bocco, like nickname, Fittleworth. Player. JB? Never a player, never existed. No, he was an author of plays and fictions in a P.G. Woodhouse novel. Uh, 4-2, is that? Alfred St. George Hammersley. Ah. Lord Hammer of Hammershire. The Uh, former Lord Hammer of Hammershire. Yeah, yeah, from the same family as Triple H. They're all (laughs) all related. Um, I am going to say... Read it again. (laughs) Alfred St. George Hammersley. Alfred Saint no Saint George is too obvious he he didn't exist. Uh, player, he is a player. He was no. an England international. That makes it four three four three. It, he must be. Imagine having a player called Saint George on your team. So <laughs> this one then could could consolidate a win for JB or it could draw Phil level. So I'll let you pick first, Phil. Arthur Spafty Briggs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Spafty with Stinker Pinkerton or whatever he was called I'm going to say PG Woodhouse are you saying the opposite J.B. are you just going to be you're just going to guarantee a win by thing, going the thing same? is guys thing is guys like Sale I'm desperate for the win no matter what <laughs> so I'm going to say whatever Phil said well you're both wrong Yes. Arthur Spafty Briggs was an England international Uh, Outstanding work and great research Steve Parrott Steve Parrott, top Exeter Chiefs man Top podcast listener, uh, hero So uh, thank you very much And get in touch at Rugby Podcast uh, If you have a a, a quiz that you want to put forward Or Facebook or whatnot. Wonderful Right, let's get into the games for this weekend then Round one of the Six Nations Championship Actually, should we just mention the European Rugby Cup? fixtures are they are they available they are because uh, we're going to be following the progress of Romania um, and Georgia up until March 17th yeah. 18th is there a premiership this weekend as well no Anglo-Welsh Anglo-Welsh yeah do you want to talk about no premiership next week yeah so we'll probably do a double podcast yeah, yeah. double podcast week we'll have a Six Nations podcast and a premiership podcast mm-hmm. yeah next week right uh, European Rugby Nations Championship first round fixt- fixtures uh, in Offenbach, Offenbach, uh, Germany host Romania. Romania for me, please. Yeah, I'll take Romania. <laughs> in Brussels, in King Baudouin Stadium, Belgium host Georgia. Georgia, please. I'll take Georgia. Georgia on that one, please. And in Madrid, Spain host Russia. I tell you what, if we're short of things to do... <laughs> a quick flight out to Madrid. I, yeah, it wouldn't be a bad option, would it? No. Uh, um, I'll take uh, Russia. Russia. I'll take Russia. So we're going for three away wins in this. Probably what looks like the three dominant teams yep. are all away. Then Six Nations. So Saturday the fourth, two twenty-five p.m. Yes. In possibly the biggest game in the weekend, Scotland host Ireland. Hmm. Scotland have got to win at some point. Now, right, if they're going to do anything, they've got to win. And I, they've got to win this one. So I said last year that I th- I felt Scotland were going to win three games and they won two and narrowly lost a couple. I think I'm going to say it again. I think I'm going to say Scotland are going to win three games in this year's tournament. 
whether this is going to be one of their one wins. Of France, oh, Italy, Wales. Uh, yes, they play Ireland, Wales, Ooh, and Italy at home. Interesting. Travel to England and travel to France. I think they'll beat France away. I think they'll win the two at home, and I think they'll lose this one. I'm going to go with the same. Yeah. I'm going to go with Ireland for this one. Ireland, and probably the the most recent history that we can call upon is Munster travelling to Glasgow, and Munster got the win. I wonder if that will have any bearing on it. Actually, it, there, there's a few. Certainly for the Scotland side, there are quite a few of the same players involved. Yeah, that is a really interesting point because. There's not that many months. I mean, there are actually. It's like half. It's, it's half a team, isn't it? But that will be. That should be enough motivation. Yeah. So, give me Ireland. Just Ireland by less than a score. Mm. Then, ten to five, England host France. Boom. Uh, England. Yeah. I think England. I th- I, I, it's hard to look past England here. Um. That, I, hope, I hope we see. I hope. I do hope we see a, a competitive and attack-minded France. I think we will do. See, here's the thing, Tim. In my mind, I always play out these little scenarios. And although I've said England are going to come second in the whole tournament, it it, it doesn't seem to me that far off them losing this game and it all coming. You know, everything just unraveling <laughs> because the domestic form of some of the England players is really poor, really poor. And they've got players who have, haven't played. Yeah, players haven't played. The Vunapola boys are and out. guys that rewind a year, you'd think their England days were done. Tom, yeah. Tom Wood, for example. Tom Wood, Rob Shaw, Hartley. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Mm. Just over 12 months ago. I think they'll win. But I'm not ruling out this is the beginning of the collapse of Rome. <laughs> well, we're in England, quick question. What actually happened to Eddie Jones? He got hit by Genge. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what's being reported. No, that, mean, that is actually what we will. Yeah, when you say when you say hit by Genge yeah. with a crowbar, well, was, with a fist. Again, there was about in a four. Tackle. There was about four different stories that came out of the England camp. Yeah, because Jones himself, in the first press conference, said slipped in the shower. Yeah, and then since then. Other things have come out, haven't they? It's slipping the shower. Yeah, that doesn't wash for me. Slipping the shower. That's like the go-to. Um, that's the go-to excuse to anyone who's got a bruise on their face. I walked into a door. Oh yeah. How? Don't know. A single person's <laughs> actually legitimately denied. He didn't hit me. Exactly. I think. I think. Well, I don't think it is Genge. Genge. Genge did it. <laughs> yeah, but there's a big difference between Genge actually swinging a punch and uh, Eddie George just holding a tackle bag and Genge mistiming it. Why would the head coach be holding a tackle bag? I don't know. I've no idea. Mm. Why? What are the other, what are the other stories which aren't true? I mean, the Genge thing is true. That's why the others aren't. Uh, <laughs> well, just it was the other stuff was it was done by a player in training. There was a question, wasn't there, to Eddie Jones? Will this affect some, anyone's selection chances? And he said, No. Mm. Well, so. it could have been that DJ, uh, DJ Haskell was doing such an incredible set of deep house that Eddie just really went for it. <laughs> And danced off a podium. He's saying it's a deep house injury. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Anyway, I'm going for England, but it'll be closer than a lot of people will think. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then on Sunday, Italy host Wales. Yeah, uh, Wales. 
Yes. Couldn't be a better start for Wales, actually. I know. It, it is, it's a good start because they've got the trial to Italy and then they've, they've got a home game, um, albeit it is against England. Yeah. And if England have already lost against France, it could be perfect. Well, perfect ambush. You could have. So you could legitimately see both Ireland and England, who we were talking about the favourite to, both of those losing this, this first round of games. Yeah. yeah. It's a and savage it's, competition. Yeah, the tournament is wide open. Now, do you think, because the bonus points are in play this year, do you think we'll see some more attack-minded rugby? In the final round or two, yes. I don't think anyone's going out. Because the games are so tight, and as we said, the competition is so savage that I don't think anyone's got anything other than just a win of any nature yeah. in their mind. Yeah, I agree with that. But I think there's only really two teams that are, that are definitely capable of expanding their style of play. That's Scotland and Ireland. I think, other than that, the other teams are somewhat limited. You think England? Um... They can do it, I guess. They can score points. I mean, they scored like, well more than a hundred points in their three games. But they all know more for bludgeoning teams rather than playing round teams. I don't think that's. I mean, they can score points that that way, but I don't think they're going to be expansive in the same way that Ireland and Scotland are. I think of England as more expansive than Ireland. Certainly, do you? Yeah, Ireland have been the last few years under Schmidt have been playing that kind of territorial. Kick dominated. They Select, do kick, selecting two fifteens in the centre, but play, kicking a lot isn't indicative of a team that don't like to spread it. In fact, kicking it allows you to spread it because you're pinning back so so many guys to field the kicks. It's true, but I just don't think Ireland have been playing that way. I think England have got more attacking capability than Ireland in their current guys. Mm. I, I actually think to, so. Although I think Ireland are capable of doing it, I think Ireland will rely, and I think it's going to be more of a trend. It is this box kicking how how important the box kicking is and no one is better at that than, than no, Connor. I agree He's with incredible. that incredible well actually there is one guy but you won't see him play Wigglesworth ugh. yeah true ugh no just ugh what and do that, you mean ugh that, that style of play I really I really don't like it why it's just it's it's a defence in a, in a sense it's a defensive system you're, I, you're actually you're actually saying all we want is territory and then we're going to pressure the opposition into a mistake, and then we're going to see, ki- we're going to kick our points or score our try. I, I, didn't see I, I like understand that. it; it's a territorial game, and I do get it. But I, no, it I think just... it's been completely. Com- I think it, for a large section of the rugby watching population, it's completely misunderstood. You carry on kicking until they drop their players, and then and then you play. If you don't no, do one, you can't do the other. No, I think I think time in possession. Saracens and Bath, for example, are, have the ball less than the opponents. Yeah, because you've got. I don't think time in possession helps you at all. If you've got time in possession, well, this, this is what I'm saying. Yeah, so I completely uh, agree with their with their uh, philosophy. Which I know is time in uh, possession that can be negative. New Zealand point. kick territorially equally. They have the ability to bust the game open from from anywhere and do and can. And when they do, they're clinical. But and, so and do Saracens. So do Saracens and Bath. I, I do think there's um, a good argument no, not I, to have time in possession. I, I get it. All I'm saying is that I think that the, the, there's the, there's a defensive mindset to to the box, and sometimes I don't understand a box kick where the territorial gain might is ten or fifteen meters further forward, and you give the ball to the opposition. It kind of, in a way, it, do, it doesn't kind of. It seems like you're actually going. We'd rather give the ball away ten meters further up the field, and and let them make a mistake. I think with the box kick, it's interesting because there's a lot of bad box kicking. Because it's not as well established as a skill as just say out out of hand kicking, but 
I do like it more as a tactic because it's more 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 instantaneous, and you're saving what ten yards by passing it back to the back to the fly half, and you're also saving the legs of you. Of I, I understand. I'm not saying it's not effective. I just it, it I don't. You, you see it as a negative strategy. I see it as a negative defense rather than a, a positive. Exactly. Yeah. It's like a, it's kind of like a boa constrictor. Just I'll slowly squeeze the life out of this thing. I don't know. I I like it. Yeah, I I know you like that I, kind of I like attri- the attritional no, warfare. It, yeah, but you like eight reset scrums in a row. I do, you know. <laughs> and only if they're going well. I don't like them just reset for the sake of it. I like it reset if someone is absolutely hammering someone else and carrying. And you love it, and you love it in between every single time when the front rows take the full thirty seconds yeah. to get the mud off their stuff. Yeah, no, no, yeah. Do you know it isn't the reset scrum which is really exciting? It's the scrum penalty. And then they go, scrum again, please, sir. <laughs> and then it's... Oh, it's watch uh, Argentina versus... Australia. Australia. Eight minutes of scrimmaging. Oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> oh. I'll get the Brokeback Mountain music back out. Incredible. <laughs> yeah, and anyway. then Australia win it, which is why it's so good. But that but that tactic is undeniably very, very effective in 2017. Um, and I don't, know what, I don't know what can be so done or should be done to, it, to try and encourage more attacking. No, Maybe this, this is the bonus it's, point it's, system, it's but I don't think it will change anyone's 2016 was a, was a year of dead celebrities, and 2017 is a year of box kicking. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, Three tiers of box kicking. <laughs> I think we're done, aren't we? Is there anything else anyone wants to talk about? There's one more thing for me. We had our fantasy rugby draft competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, the results are in. The prize draw has taken place, and oh, this was where anyone who entered put the name word egg in their team name, yeah. and they were automatically entered into a draw to win a How prize. A prize, and the, we can confirm the prize will be a lovely Canterbury shirt of your choice. So you could, I would recommend going for the Untouchables Lions jersey Ooh, over so there. Nice. Oh, it's beautiful. Y- I, I would also, I would also say Japan. If, they make a gorgeous Japan. If they've got any Japan, yeah, in stock, they don't have any in stock because when I went to see them over Christmas, I asked for one. Yeah, they any. They if they have them. any in stock, get get Japan because it's they're like gold dust. So like, the Lions jersey would be a good shout, but they but you also could go for, Island, for Bath England, or Bath. yeah, Island Leinster, Leinster, um, yeah. New Zealand Warriors rugby league team maybe, yeah, um, and a few others. Uh, Melbourne Rebels. They make. I thought they were they all do a, okay. They do a super. Do they do side. Sunwolves? Fire puppies? No, I don't think they do the fire puppies. They do a. They def- I think they do a super rugby side. Is it? It's not the lions, is it? It might be some puppies. I don't it know. It might be. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we've drawn the winner, and it's uh, Zander Chevalier. I'm going to say. So Zander Chevalier, uh, Bruce from Fantasy Rugby Draft will be in touch, and if you've not got any issues, uh, it'll give you. Our contact details, and we'll sort everything out. And if if you wanted to give, fan, if you're into your know, super rugby, then fa- it might be a good time to to get in, get involved in fantasy rugby draft as well because they've got a super rugby. Um, yeah, starting in a couple of weeks. Yeah, and are we doing I mean, that? We might. We're still debating. We might yeah. do because I've got a family, Tim. I know that. That's my concern <laughs> as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, the good thing about the super rugby will be. Learning just, about it. Well, just the amount of points you're gonna, your team will yield, because it's so attacking. Mm. Like meet, meters made and defenders beaten are what you get points for. They're two of the primary um, scoring methods, and the the sheer number of defenders beaters and meters made that someone like Damien McKenzie or Bowden Barrett are oh, gonna make. Wow. So get on there and have a look at the Super Rugby. I wouldn't even know where to start on the draft though. I would, I'd literally have no idea. Well, Bowden th- Barrett, those two, McKenzie, <laughs> those, yeah. those two would be pretty good. Bowden Barrett would be a good shout. Julian Surveyor. Ardy Surveyor. 
Yeah, they sound like they can play. Fekitoa. I'm basically just listing the New Zealand. If they're a New Zealand international, pick is, them. Israel Falau. Oh, I've we'll got a few. Um, Milne Scudder. Elton Yantes. I've got a few uh, other things. Well, oh, Creel, thing. Jesse Creel. Oh, there's so many players. Uh, sorry to interrupt you, but I, ha- sorry. I, I, I have to. George Smith won the J- Japanese top top league last week. Did he? <laughs> yeah. He's incredible. What a lad. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, and I uh, don't suppose anyone wants to say anything about London Lodge oh. going bust, do they? Shame, but... Mm. I have got a very interesting fact for you, actually, on the Six Nations. The under-20 Six Nations squad was announced this week. Mm-hmm. There are 14 academy teams, as in 14 clubs have academies. Yeah. Only one club did not have any representatives I in bet the I, under-20s I, team. I think I know who it is. Do you know who it is, Tim? Uh, I no. you know the 14 academies obviously yeah the premiership plus London Irish plus Yorkshire Carnegie yep. incorrect it's I think I know this I think it's Sale no it's not they've got the Curries the Curries oh, are they still and they've got a couple of props as well yeah the Curries are under 20s yeah Sale have got a reasonable showing wow wasn't is, uh, is George not Welsh or is he I'm not sure no he's English he was in the England under 20 he, world, he, Cup, world championship team uh, uh, Newcastle Incorrect. Harlequins. No, it well, can't be Harlequins. Incorrect. Uh, got Ex- Exeter. Incorrect. No, they got Jack Maunder. Um, and do you know when you know a player, Tim? Why don't you think of the player before you name? <laughs> it name can't the be team? Ba- Bath. We definitely have some. Incorrect. Not Bath. Sa- it can't be Saracens. They Gloucester. Not Saracens. No, in fact, Saracens have got like Maru Itoji Mark too. Yeah. What's the... his name? Have they? Uh, yeah. 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 It begins with I. His yeah. last name. Yeah, no, <laughs> another beastly lock. I, I like comes straight out of the laboratory. I think this is a big case of he's going to be overhyped because of the easy comparisons. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's going to end up getting overhyped. What teams are left? Uh, Northampton. Incorrect. Incorrect. Bristol. Incorrect. Uh, uh, what other teams have, have Newcastle? Haven't we picked picked that one already? We picked Leicester, right? We've said that. You've not said Leicester. Leicester. Leicester do not. You're have a, kidding. Leicester do not have a single representative in England's under twenties Six Nations squad. Wow, because Will Evans is kind of well, he's injured now, but he's with the first team. Yeah. Wow. Yep. That's not good. That's, that's shocking. That's terrible. Yep. That's, yeah. We, I mean, we spoke last week about the problems, and we spoke a few times about the problems at Leicester, but that is, you would almost think that's one of the easiest problems to fix. Yeah. Especially from Leicester with the yeah with the history and, the history and, and yeah the, the coaching, wow yeah uh, one player my player to watch for the under twenties for England Joe Cocker Sig Signer oh for the London um, Fiji Joe <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah that's that sounds like a uh, uh, some sort of um, yeah it just doesn't sound that sounds like, like an ignorant <laughs> way to to call him but that I I have. I know firsthand that that is what they call him at London Irish. <laughs> they? Fiji Joe. Yeah, he's the, in, the guy. It, the guy is an absolute ridiculous specimen. Oh, yeah, he's enormous. He's like six five, eighteen plus stone, and can run a ten, ten, ten or so second hundred meters. Is he some product from a private school somewhere? Is he? Is he? Or is he like English? Uh, uh, I think his, his dad's. He, his what's dad's, his story? I think his dad's in the military, and ah, he's, he's okay. been in England a few years now. Okay. Excellence. Yeah. Well, look forward to that. Yeah. It's, it's calling him like Fiji Joe a bit like uh, the Welsh boys calling um, 
Samson Lee Gypsy Boy. He's <laughs> <laughs> all right when you're on his team, but if anyone I think else. Gypsy's derogatory, though, isn't it, for the traveller, whereas uh, Fiji is Fiji. Well, it's just a country, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Slightly more acceptable. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> but yeah, watch out for that guy. He's uh, absolutely freakishly. Like, we saw Naman Ndodolo do just Oof. tear it up last week. Yeah. Um, he's got that kind of frame on him. Yeah, he certainly does. So we'll see. Uh, we are done. Excellent. Definitely. If you've made it all the way to the end, in fact, we stopped. We've, it has been pointed out to us on Twitter. We've stopped doing end end of pod stash tags. Oh, I had a great one. Yeah, you still got a box of stash in the corner. Yeah, actually. I've got some stash. Just over there. Yeah, you yeah. can have whatever you want. Yeah. Um, so we'll, let, let's reintroduce the stash tag. So this is a Good special, idea. a special I've got little. A stash re- tag. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll get to it. But let me just explain what it is. It's a special reward for those dedicated disciples of the Egg Chasers podcast. I'm talking to you right now. Who stick with us till the bitter end? Well, hopefully bitter. not. Hopefully not too bitter. The deliciously sweet and creamy <laughs> end. <laughs> um, <laughs> so thank you very much for listening all the way to now. So uh, what you need to do is just tweet us, or just tweet using the stash tag, a stash tag because it's a hashtag that can win you stash. Mm-hmm. Mm, true. Uh, we've got a big box of stash we got from Canterbury. You can take your pick. Uh, what's your stash tag idea, JB? My stash tag. Well, when I I wasn't joking when I was looking for the French team, and I said there's lots of clickbaits. I want the best clickbait title that you can think of, which is rugby related. So hash- you, won't, you won't. So it could be. Oh no, but that, that, then we, it's going to be hard to find. But no, you could do hashtag rugby clickbait and then hashtag. Um, or not just, or just hashtag rugby clickbait and then your clickbait title. So yeah. It could be has- use the hashtag yeah. rugby clickbait and then. You won't believe how Eddie Jones yeah, yeah. hurt his eye. You um, won't believe Carl Heyman's net worth. Yeah. <laughs> the Gen uh, <laughs> the secret they don't want you to know. <laughs> There's so many people that are desperate to know what happened with Ellis Genge at Bristol. Uh, yeah, hashtag clickbait. And then it hashtag be... rugby clickbait. You can't use any of them. So you've got to come up with your own thing. And the one which makes, you, who, makes us laugh as a Who do voice. these incredibly thin calves belong to? <laughs> exactly. uh, it could be a clickbait through to Jim Hamilton. Um, yeah, anyway, get inventive with that one. But just use the, use the stash tag, rugby clickbait. Rugby clickbait. And then, yeah, go. You'll never guess what Johan Goosen has been up to in South Africa. <laughs> oh, no, that's for another pod. That's a half-hour conversation. Yeah, let's not get into that now. We can save that one. Uh, so enjoy the Six Nations is coming. That means all those people uh, in the office or your friends who have no interest in rugby the rest of the year might have a little modicum of interest. Um, it's good. Let, let's capitalise on it. Let's make the most of it. Enjoy the Six Nations. Nice one, Phil. Thank you, Tim. Nice one, JB. Cheers, Tim. We'll be back next week with two podcasts, domestic and international. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 